for starters, what is it that you see? So you, you work with uh, analytics at JD Power. What are you here to find out? What are you here to see? Uh, primarily, I'm here to talk to clients, the the most important segments of the industry. While we like to talk about you know Mustangs and, and R8s and a lot of fun cars, ultimately what I focus on are the, the really volume vehicles. So the things that are less sexy, but at the same time are, are critically important. Mid-size SUVs, three-row crossovers, mid-size cars, compact cars, things that a lot of people don't even really ever notice in life because they're just they're like belly buttons. For the automakers, those are the most important products, even as they're not the sexiest. That actually is exactly what I've been trying to find, and I've been a little bit dazzled by you know the Maseratis and the custom electrics and all these other wild things. What about um, minivans? Welcome to The Missing Middle, a podcast that explores the changing economics of the American dream and how those changes affect the nation's middle class. I'm your host, Dominic Green Reuter, and for this first full episode, we're starting off on a lighter tone. Minivans, the once ubiquitous chariot of the suburbs and icon of middle class family life are disappearing. But don't write them off entirely just yet. Summer is in full swing, and for many Americans, it's road trip season. This spring, I stopped by the New York International Auto Show to see the latest offerings from the world's manufacturers. I was struck by the wide array of crossover and three-row SUVs that look less and less like Wranglers and Broncos and more like Windstars and Caravans. I shared this observation with Tyson Jomini, a VP with the auto rating firm JD Power and the self-described minivan aficionado you heard in the intro. SUVs are just minivans with battle armor on them, so it's it, they do in many ways very closely resemble minivans. It's just for whatever reason it has that stigma. Uh, I owned one for about ten years, and uh, up until the day when my kids said, "You will not drop me off in front of my school with a minivan," uh, but I, I still love them. And, and there's there's just so few entries these days. The the segment is is falling, and it's been falling. Um, it's it's kind of a distant, I want to say ninth or tenth largest segment, and it's really far down and, and, and going the wrong way. Jomini is partly right. Sales volumes have certainly fallen far from their late 90s peak, but they've lately stabilized at a steady 5% of the U.S. market. Like the minivan itself, that small slice compensates for a lack of excitement with reliable and steady performance for the automakers who remain committed to the segment. Fiat Chrysler is the undisputed market leader, selling more than half of U.S. minivans with the Pacifica and Dodge Caravan. Away from the glitz and the sparkle of the auto show's main floor, a fleet of Pacificas was tucked into a quiet corner. A brand representative joined me in a red special edition model to talk about Detroit's commitment to the original utility vehicle. Okay, so I'm sitting here with Claire from Chrysler, and we're in a 35th anniversary uh, Chrysler Pacifica celebrating, well, how about you tell me, what's this celebrate? This is celebrating 35 years in the segment. So in uh, 1984, we actually invented the minivan segment. And, uh, you know, we've been a leader ever since, innovating with all of our generations. So this is the latest package to celebrate 35 years. Minivans used to be everywhere. Now, obviously, we're down in the lower corner of the New York Auto Show. What's, what's, changing for you? I mean, personally, I think our minivan is the best one, and uh, people love it. We're very proud of this minivan, actually, and we still maintain about 56% of market share, so it kind of is this 
um, unique vehicle where if you have aging parents, uh, if you're in the sandwich generation, you have kids, it's just, it's an all-around great family car. What better vehicle do you have for a road trip than a minivan? You still have a modified V6 under hood. You can drive and take that road trip in the best road trip vehicle ever, right? You know, there's really no better product to move people or things, and that's kind of where we are going in the future with Chrysler is we're the people mover brand of FCA, so it's a natural fit. In the early days of the SUV craze, most models were basically pickup trucks with a rough ride and mushy handling. Little by little, the push to offer better handling and more safety features, cargo space, better fuel economy, and third row seating has resulted in a line of vehicles that increasingly tries but falls short of emulating the minivan's extraordinary safety and practicality. The gap between what consumers say they want and what they actually buy highlights a conundrum that is as old as marketing itself. I asked John Stemberg of Toyota to compare the advantages of the Japanese company's minivan against its three-row SUV. Pitch me on a Sienna over a Sequoia. Right, absolutely. So Sequoia built in the same plant, Princeton, Indiana, and Southern Indiana. Sequoia is built on our Tundra platform. It's a body-on-frame truck platform. Seats eight, but it's a bigger, heavier vehicle. And the Sienna is a unibody, so built in the car platform, built on the Camry platform. And I tell people the Sienna rides like a Lexus, and they laugh at me, but you have to drive it. It rides like a Lexus, especially on the new TNG platform. And believe it or not, in our entire line of over 20 vehicles, the most interior room of any of the vehicles is the Sienna, 199.5 cubic feet, seats eight comfortably. I'm your tall guy. I'm 6'5". I can fit comfortably in the third row of the Sienna. So it's great for that. But also it's the only minivan available in all wheel drive. So the minivan seems to like create a gut reaction for some folks. So that name, as a product specialist, as a marketing person, what would you say? How would you rename the segment of minivan? The practicality of a minivan, a lot of parents like, oh, I don't know if I want a minivan, but they're so practical. We have a sport edition with 19-inch cool wheels, alloy wheels, and smoke dark headlights and spoilers. So it's, we call it the Swagger Wagon. It's the coolest of all minivans is the SE, sport edition version of the Sienna. So we got that for you, too. You know, I mean, it's super-duper practical. So it definitely has its own niche for folks who's like, eh, I don't want a an SUV. It needs something bigger. It needs something roomier. Fold down the third row, take out the second row. You have over eight feet in the back of a Sienna. You can put in sheets of plywood, close the hatch, you know, so let's let's coin that term again. Let's get the swagger wagon, you know, because you're able to have all your amenities, heated seats, memory seats, panoramic moonroof. You can get all that and it's going to look good. So that's, you got your swagger on. So let's go, let's, everyone call a minivan, it's called the swagger wagon. If the minivan does make a comeback as the swagger wagon or otherwise, you can bet on a big marketing campaign. After all, if you ask some auto analysts about the growth of SUVs, they'll tell you it's driven more by corporate marketing than by consumer demand. Trucks and crossovers tend to fetch higher profit margins than sedans or vans, and buyers seem to be less price sensitive when they're getting a better coolness factor. That could change, though. According to the Kelly Blue Book, the shift to SUVs pushed the average new car price to more than $37,000, which is slightly above the minivan's average. You sort of have to wonder how much longer customers will pay more for less utility. Overseas, where minivans are known as multi-passenger vehicles, the segment is more than twice as popular with the ever-practical Austrians and Belgians and Germans. In China, MPV sales have quadrupled since 2011. It would seem that there's a baseline demand for the minivan by those who need to move people and stuff and aren't affected by the product's social stigma. Just ask our friend, Mr. Jomini. Um, and, and, you know, truthfully, one day our kids will have that same stigma 
for SUVs that minivans now experience as SUVs become something else in the, in the distant future. I, I think they're going to think about those vehicles the same way that our generation kind of thinks about minivans and, and was associated with, with driving one of those. For now, SUVs have a pretty dominant lead over just about every other car. So it's hard to see any imminent drastic shifts in favor of the minivan. But the appearance of Volkswagen's microbus-inspired electric vehicle in more TV ads and trade shows, carefully avoiding the term minivan, of course, could signal that an attitude shift is coming. Call it what you will, the minivan has a lot to offer the middle-class families that need to schlep their kids and their teammates to soccer practice, or load a stack of plywood for a treehouse, or provide accessibility options for their aging or disabled relatives. With the current triopoly of Chrysler, Toyota, and Honda, there aren't many options for would-be MPV buyers, and that leaves a gap in the auto market between budget-priced compact vehicles and more expensive, larger crossovers. I wonder what possibilities could result from taking some of that engineering brilliance that transformed the sport utility vehicle into a grocery getter and applying it to the reimagination of the minivan. If you like the show, please get in touch by emailing midcast at dominicreuter.com. I'd love to hear what some of your favorite minivan memories are. Write a note or record a voice memo, and you could be included in a future episode. The Missing Middle is produced in full by Dominic Green Reuter and is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. A text version of this episode is available at dominicreuter.com. The theme music is Up by the American Dollar. To sponsor this project and have your name or organization mentioned in these credits, please get in touch for details. And thank you for listening.